Praise the Lord. And so this morning, I'm just going to minister a little short word to you about, we're just going to be talking about our favorite person of all, Jesus. I mean, how many of you love to talk about Jesus? Oh, we love you, Jesus. I'm telling you, it's just all about Jesus. Amen. And so this morning, I'm going to talk to you about Jesus. He said, I am the bread of life. He is the bread of life. I mean, you know, he is our source. He is who we need. Amen. He's our essential source for life and life more abundantly. Amen. And, you know, I just looked at, I wanted to know how long a human could live without food. And so it said that a human could live without food for about three weeks. Okay. But water is a different story. Water, it said on the average, a human being can live without water for three days. It said five in, in severe cases, five days. But you know what? When I say live about food, Donald can't live without food one day. One day. Because he always says, the question is, what are we going to eat? What are we going to eat? <laughs> but you know how many of you know we cannot live without Jesus one day? Not one day. Not one day without Jesus. Amen. Well, not one day. I mean, all the time, you know, I'm just in the house like, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I need Jesus. I need Jesus every day. How about you? Every day, every day, every day, every day. And so anyway, in John chapter 6, verse 35, this is what Jesus said. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Hallelujah. Never hunger. Never thirst for the things of this world. Amen. I mean, we don't want to hunger for the things of the world. We don't want to thirst after the things of the world. We want to hunger for Jesus. We want to thirst after him. Amen. And you know, and that's what Jesus said he wanted to, me to tell you today. He says he wants us to be closer to him. To hunger for him. To thirst after him. With all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. Amen. We want to hunger after him. But it says, he that comes to me shall never hunger. Okay, and so coming to Jesus, is, it's more than just, I mean, you know, I mean, if you're born again, you know you came to Jesus. It was at some point in your life, some, some day in your life, you actually received Jesus as your Savior. Amen? But you know, you received him as your Savior, but you didn't really receive him as your Lord. You had to learn to do that. I mean, you know, we, we're still learning to do that. To make him our Lord. Amen? But he is our savior. So he says, who comes to me will never hunger. You, you, you will never hunger for the things of, of this world. But so we're going to look at what is coming to Jesus look like. All right. In Jeremiah chapter 29, you know, the Bible says, you know, we, we already know. I know the, the thoughts I have for you, thoughts of, of peace, not of evil. But he said also, he says, and you shall call upon me and you will go and pray to me. And I will answer you. Aren't you glad we have a God who answers us? He answers us. Hallelujah. And then he said, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Oh, it's so good that we can to know we can seek God and we're going to find him. He wants to be found. He wants to be found. So we're going to find him. And then he says, and I will turn your captivity. So whatever problem you're going through. Whatever captivity you're in, he's going to turn it. Everybody say, he's going to turn it. 
Oh, he has turned so many things in my life for me. Amen. He has turned so many things for me. I just saw Jesus. I'm telling you, I just called him all day. So there she is again, calling on Jesus. You know, I'm telling you, because he is so good. He rescues us. He turns our captivity. We come to him. We seek him. But the good thing is that we're going to find him. Oh, that is so good. I mean, what's the point of you just seeking and seeking and seeking and never finding him? Lord, we find you. Thank you, Lord. And we thank you for turning things around in our lives. He's turned so many things around in, in my life. I'm telling you, I just call him Jesus. <laughs> I love to call him. So there she is. And I also love to call on Jesus. Another thing that uh, coming to Jesus is, 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 is drawing near to him. Drawing near to him. And you know what? You know what happens? You draw near to him. He's going to draw near to us. He's going to draw near to us. Amen. And don't you love it when he draws near to you? Oh, you just love it. Like the spirit of God comes up on you. You know, we have the spirit of God in us. And the spirit of God is with us. But we like for him to come up on us. And just take us, just overwhelm us. Amen. And with his spirit and with his power. And we, it's annoying. We, it's, we know him. Amen. And so we draw near to him. He draws near to us. And I tell you, I love to do it. I love to do it, to draw near to him. And so that's, that's another part of coming to him, is drawing near to him. And another uh, part of, of coming to Jesus is, is, is when you, you look unto him. I'm looking unto you, Jesus, because you're the author and the finisher of my faith. He's, he's the, the beginning of your faith, and he's the end of your faith. He's the one that gives us the faith. Amen. And that faith is inside of us. We just have to realize where it is. It's in us. You know, and it says, you know, the Bible says the word, the word is near us. It's in our hearts and it's in our mouths. The Bible said that is the word of faith, which we preach. Amen. We preach that word because he's in us and he's with us and he comes up on us. Praise the Lord. So we're looking to him. How I many know we look to him in any kind of situation? I don't care what Satan attacks you with or what problems come in your life. You're going to look to Jesus to get us out of it. We're going to look to Jesus to, to, to get it right and to, to fix it. Amen. You know, they sing a song in the Baptist church. Jesus will fix it. He will. He will fix it, won't he? He will fix it. I'm telling you all kinds of situations, all kinds of things, you know, you know, and I'm telling you, every time I go through a trial or a tribulation, the, the word of God, Jesus speaks to me through the word. And, you know, I just hold on to that word. I hold on to that word. I remember going through this crisis. The Lord gave me Psalms 18. Amen. And then I was going through another crisis. He gave me Psalm 57, you know, and I can just quote those scriptures. Oh, Lord, thank you, Lord, that I'm going to that, that these storms and these tribulations are going to pass me by. These calamities are going to overpass. That's what the King James Version says. You know, that they're going to overpass, but they're, they're, they're not here to stay. If you just hold on to Jesus till you get through it, just hold on to Jesus. You're going to get through it. Amen. You will get through it. Sometimes it seems as if that storm is so long that you won't get through it, but you will get through it. If you hold on to Jesus, amen. If you hold on to him, you are going to come out like gold. You're going to be shining like gold. You know, and then people say, oh my gosh, how did you go through that? You say, Jesus, amen, my bread, my bread of life, he got me through it. And he's going to get you through some more things. If you just keep holding on to him, 
Keep holding on to him. And then, listen, coming to Jesus also means taking up your cross. Oh, oh, cross, huh? Mm. You know, the cross is it's a, it's a symbol of suffering. It's a symbol of death. Even, even uh, corporal punishment. I mean, that's what you got to do to your flesh. You got to nail it to the cross. And so let's look at this scripture in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Now, that's a, that's a, that's a dirty word. <laughs> deny. We don't like to deny ourselves. We don't like that. And uh, we don't like to deny our flesh any pleasures or whatever, you know, that we want. But, but Jesus said, you got to deny yourself. You got to deny yourself. And then this is how he says to deny himself and take up his cross daily. Everybody say daily. Daily we got to take up our cross and follow him. Everybody's got a cross. Everybody's got a cross to bear. And we have to take it up daily. Not to do our will, but his will. Say, not my will, his will. Not my will, his will. Amen. I mean, you just have, we have to learn that. I mean, you really have to learn it. Because it doesn't come easy, it doesn't come naturally. But we have to learn to deny ourselves and to take up our cross daily to follow him. And I'm telling you, and it hurts your flesh. Because a lot of times we have, you know, let our flesh rule in our lives. But how many of you know our spirit man should be the one that rules? Our spirit man should be the one that rules. But then we have a soul. You know, we are a spirit. Say, I'm a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. And so we have to take, let our, our, our soul, our minds, our wills, our emotions, and we have to renew our minds with the word. We have to renew our minds with the word because our spirit man got born again, but your mind didn't. Your soul didn't. Amen. So then you have to make when you're when you're when you renew your mind and then cause it to agree with your spirit, then you can overthrow the flesh. You can overthrow the flesh when you renew your mind with the word and then it'll agree with the spirit. You see, and then your your flesh will be saying, all right, I want another piece of that uh, chocolate cake. You know, and then, then the word of God comes, you know, uh, excess. Anything's excess. <laughs> and then your, your spirit may say, yes, you know, excess. Okay, so flesh, you can't have it. You can't have another piece. Amen? So that's how you overthrow your flesh. But you have to have your mind renewed with the word. So if any two agree. So your spirit is going to agree with your renewed mind. And then you can overthrow the, the flesh every time. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so we got to take up our cross daily and follow Jesus. Now, I remember the Spirit of God was telling me some things about that, and I, and I wrote it down. So I'm going to read just how, with the Holy Spirit, how he gave it to me. And it says, you know, crucifying your flesh is self-denial. It means to crucify the flesh so you can be used by the Lord. I mean, everybody wants to be used, right? Because you want to do what the Lord told you to do. Because every person in here, if you're born again, you are a servant of God. You are a minister. So, you know, you say they're a minister. People get scared, you know. 
because I don't want I don't want to stand up here and preach behind the pulpit. No, you're a servant. Because that's what the word minister means. Is servant. So you are a servant of God. Amen. And so every believer is a servant. Is called to be a servant of God. All right. And so when you crucify your flesh, you deny your flesh. How many of you know it means getting your flesh up early to see God? Oh, Lord. Flesh doesn't want to get up. Set the alarm. You will get up at 3 o'clock and pray. I don't want to get up. You know. And so then you, you hit the snooze. And then you snooze on through another hour pass. But you do have to crucify your flesh to see, to see God. Until you get used to it, you just have to say, flesh, you're going to do what, you, what I tell you to do. You're going to do what my spirit tells you to do. You will get up and you will early, you will see God. You will read your Bible. You will pray, amen. You will eat some spiritual food. You will eat it. Amen. And, and, and coming to Jesus and crucifying your flesh, it means... Going to church when you don't feel like going. I mean, you know, I mean, there are some days that it, there are some days probably in everybody's life you don't feel like coming to church. Your flesh doesn't. But I mean, your flesh does not rule your life. We rule our flesh. And we say, you will get up. You will take a shower and you get ready to go to church and you'll be joyful about it. You're going to be happy about it. So when I get to church, I'm going to be joyful and ready to receive the word. Amen. Amen. I'm going, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how some people just, well, I don't feel like going today. I went last Sunday. I went last Sunday, so I don't feel like going today. I'm telling you, I, I have a, a family member. I'm not, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but anyway, I got a family member. Well, we've been praying, we've been praying for him, you know, it's like, Lord, he dreams a lot too. I was like, Lord, get in his dreams. Lord, let him think about going to church. Lord, let him think, let him see himself at church all the time. And so, you know, I would tell him when I call him on the phone, I'd say, I see you at church tomorrow. You know, he's in another city. I said, I see you at church tomorrow. He said, okay. So anyway, he called me. So when he called me, I know he's been to church. He called me the other day. And so I was like, I saw you at church Sunday. <laughs> yeah, how did you know? I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> how do you know? And so anyway, so he, so he was there last Sunday. And, um, so I talked to him yesterday and, um, so we were talking to him. Well, I guess I better go on and get ready for church. I said, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm preaching tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow at church. You know, so, I mean, he's, I think he's going to, the Lord, he's, the Lord is going, you know, through prayer and showing love. How many of you know our loved ones coming in? They're coming in and they're going to come in and do what God wants them to do. Amen. But you got to show love and you've got to pray and you've got to be, you have to be consistent in prayer. So, so we, we, we're going to go to, we, we're going to go to church to hear the word even when we don't feel like it. Because we know, we, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss anything. You know, I mean, when we used to go to Lakewood Church, if you, you miss a Sunday, you're going to miss something. You're going to miss somebody. I don't want to miss it. Amen? I don't want to miss what God is doing. And then also crucifying your flesh means praying for others when they persecute you. When they, when they despitefully use you. Loving people when they don't love you. Amen? Praying for them. Well, I don't feel like praying for them. You, you, you can you can tell you don't love people. You're not gonna pray for them. You know, I mean, but we've got to. We're commanded to pray for people. We're commanded to pray for people. We're not going to talk about people. We're not going to go talk, discuss. Uh, you know what they did to us, because you know the Bible says we're supposed to be dead. Did y'all know that? You're supposed to be dead. <laughs> 
the Bible even says that, but you are dead. You're hidden in Christ. They can't even see you because they see Christ. They can't see you. They see Christ. It says you're hidden in Christ. And then the, the latter part of scripture, that's in uh, Colossians 3, 3 and 4. It says, for you are dead and your life is hidden in Christ, in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then you shall also appear with him in glory. Amen? Praise Isn't that good news? Amen. That when he appears, we're going to appear with him in glory. Notice, Christ is our life. Jesus is our life. He's just not a person afar off. He's not somebody we received 20 years ago, 10 years ago. He is our life. We can't live life without him. We, we're not living if we're not in him. Because he is in us. Amen. He's in us. The Bible says Jesus in you, the hope of glory. Jesus is in me, the hope of glory. Amen. He's in us. Praise the Lord. So you got to take up your cross daily and follow him. Every day. Every day. And see, that's, that's why we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. God wants us to be aware of what's going on. We've got to be aware and see and know. It's like, mm-hmm, that's the devil. Yeah. You know, and not be deceived. And not, see, Satan, I know he tries to catch us off guard and try to get us to get in the flesh. But we're not going to get in the flesh, are we? Well, 99% of the time. We try not to get in the flesh. We try to think and let's let, allow the spirit of God to use us to say what he wants to say. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now I'm going to look at, uh, let's look at Deuteronomy 8 chapter, 8 chapter verse 2. And the Bible says, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you. To know what was in your heart. Whether you would keep his commandments or not. I'm telling you. I'm, anybody ever been in the wilderness? Oh Lord. I was in the wilderness. I tell you I was in, in Houston. And I remember the Holy Spirit. You know I'm trying to do things on my own. Anybody ever try to do things in your own strength? You know like God not moving fast enough. I'm going to help him. Because <laughs> I, can, I can do it a little faster. Then I have to keep doing it over and over and over again you know. Till you get tired. That's right. Mess up. And you get tired. And you know, and I remember the Lord told me, he asked me this question one time. He says, how long do you want to go around this mountain? I was like, Lord, I'm tired of going around this mountain. I don't want to go around this mountain. He said, oh yeah, well you, you better change. You better get, this, get something right. Because we all been in the wilderness to, so, so that we can be tested. And you know, God knows what's in us, but we don't even know what's in us. He's trying to show us what's in us. So that we can get it right. And so we can move on. Because we can't, we, if we don't do what we know to do this right, how are we going to get to the next step? We, we've got to learn to do what he has told us to do. We've got to obey. You know, it's like, I don't want to obey that. Let me go to the next step. No, you're not, you, got, you can't get to the next step until you obey this. These obvious things in, in our lives. We've got to do that. So, so he leads us to humble us and test us. To know what's in our hearts. See, because sometimes something, some things come out or we react in ways that we don't even know was there. It's like, where did that come from? It was there. It was there. 
But God is trying to expose it to us so that we can get delivered from it. Amen. And so whether we would keep his commandments or not. See, that's a big deal to God. Obeying him. Keeping his commandments. You know, because many times we walk over his commandments to us. We just kind of overlook them. You know, we try to ignore them. But see, Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. He said, and the one who loves me is the one who obeys my word. Those are the one who loves him. That is the test of our love. It's whether or not we obey him. Whether or not we obey him. And so verse 3 says, so, so he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man should not live by bread alone, but by but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now that's, that's life. That's living life. Living by the word of God. Living by the word of God. Amen. We kind of live by the word of God. I'm telling you, we, we, we try to do a lot of things, too many things without the word. Outside of the word. And we don't even know what we're doing. We're, we're deceived. Because we don't, we don't operate according to the word of God. But see, but God has given us a way. He has given us a way. And so he fed Israel in the wilderness with manna from heaven. And it fell. How often? Every day. Yes, every day. He fed them every day. They would go out and they would pick up that manna. They would pick up that food, that spiritual food. And then they would eat it. And then what would happen if they tried to store up too much? It would rotten, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. It would. It would get go rotten, and uh, and then they ate it for so long. And then what did they do next? Then they started complaining. They started complaining. They started saying, "Man, every day we got to eat this stuff every day." That was God's way. That was God's way. Everybody say it's God's way. Okay, so we want to do things God's way, because if if you don't, then things are not going to be good for you. You're saying that didn't go well for you, did? Because you didn't do it God's way. It's not going to go well for us if we don't do it his way. So, you know, I think they were thinking like, you know, well, maybe you could mix it up. You know, have manna one day and let's have cucumbers one day and leeks another day. You know, no, God's way was manna every day. Every day. And you know what? That's for us too. Because Jesus said when he was the disciples prayer, he said, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread. Well, you know, we could be saying, well, uh. Every day, I got to eat this matter every day. I got to eat this word every day. It's God's way. It's only one source, one supply, and that's God. And it's God's way. Amen? So I'm telling you, you can get tired of it if you want to, or you can say it's boring, you know. Then after a while, we'll see what the results are. The results are. So it's, it's God's way. We've got to come face to face every single day with God's way. It's God's way. It's not your way. It's not my way. It's God's way. Amen. And one of my favorite scriptures in Job chapter 23, verse 12. He says, I have esteemed the words from his mouth. In other words, he's saying, I have treasured, 
the words from God's mouth. How many of you treasure the words from God's mouth? How many of you know this is the, these are the words from God's mouth? Treasure it. Amen. He says more. Everybody say more. More than my necessary food. Treasure the word of God. I'm telling you, we have so many people, I hate to say it, in the church that don't treasure God's word. We don't treasure God's word. You know, and that's not good. It's not good for them. I know I, I have another family member, so I can talk to these because y'all don't know who they are. They take their Bible, they go to church, and they, they, they get their Bible that's in their car. They take it into the church, listen to the good message, the good preaching, and then they come home and they leave it in the car. And they do the same thing the next Sunday. I'm t- that's not treasuring the word of God. I mean, we've got to treasure his word more than our physical food. More than our physical food. And so when you, when you come to church, how I many you know the person that's ministering, you know, you don't look at them. You look at what the word says. You look at the, the scripture says. And, see, and what is God saying to me? What is God saying to me? Not just to go and say, well, that was a good word. No, what is he saying to me? So you get the vision from when you hear the word and you write it down. So when you read it, you can run with it. Now, you know, a lot of people don't take notes, you know, but, uh, you know, I know that sometimes people, they record the word, the messages and all that. But if God is speaking to you that day, did you write it down? Did you write it down? What he said to you was it important because the next time, the, the next time, you know, we, uh, we go, go by, you can't remember what was preached. You can't remember the word. Amen. So you've got to treasure the word. You've got to love the word of God. You know, I mean, in, in, in Psalms 119, the Bible says, oh, how I love your law. Oh, how I love your word. It is my meditation all the day. You know, keep your mind focused on the word. Keep your mind meditating on the word. Keep your mind on the word of God. Amen. And I'm telling you, then God will speak to you. He'll give you strategies. He'll give you the wisdom that you need in order to to conquer circumstances in your life. Because the word is that important. The word is that important. And, you know, I'm going to give you this information earlier, early now rather than later. But anyway... I, I read these statistics uh, some years ago that, you know, how many of you know faith comes by hearing? And hearing by the word of God. Amen. Faith cometh. Amen. But faith also goeth. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you go to, work, go to church, you hear the word. I mean, you're inspired and you know, you know, and you just woo. Okay. And then the next thing, you know, here you go. Now you, you need the word again. You need the word again. So when you hear the word, um, the statistics say that you can only retain 10 to 20% of what you hear. I mean, that's a low percentage. 10 to 20% of what you hear. When you read the word, you can retain 30 to 40% of what you, what you read. Okay? And when you study the word... You can retain 50 to 60 percent what you study. I mean, you know, the Bible says to study, to show yourselves approved of God, a workman that need not be ashamed to rightly divide the word of truth. Okay? So we've got it. Yes, we, we're going to read it. I mean, we're going to hear it. 
we're going to read it. We're going to study it. But then when you memorize something, you, you remember 70 to 80% of what you memorize. Okay. But when you meditate on what you memorize, you can remember, you can retain 90 to a hundred percent of it. 90 to a hundred percent. So that means you're going to meditate on that word. The Bible says day and night. So you can observe to do all that's written in it. See, because if you, if you don't know what to do, you're not going to do it. You, you can't do what you don't know to do. So that's why, that's why we have to meditate on the word. And then it says, and you, you'll be successful. It says you'll have, actually says good success. How many of you like good success? Amen. Well, you meditate on the word of God. So that means you've treasured the word of God. And you're going to meditate on that word. And then the Bible says, even when, then you'll be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of waters. See, and you're going to bear, bear fruit. And when the storms come, you may bend, but you're not going to break. Why? Because you've got the word inside of you. The word inside of you. Because the Bible says, you know, everybody knows the Bible says that, that heaven and earth will pass away. But, but the, my word will never pass away. Why? Because the word is in you. The word is in you. Amen. And the word is in you, keeping you standing. Praise the Lord. So, you know, that's like when Job said, he treasured the words of, of, of God's mouth. You know, when Coleman Lackey, how many of y'all remember Brother Coleman Lackey? He was an awesome teacher to me. You know, he said, that word gets so good to you. He said, mm, 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 mm. So that's how good the word is. It's so good to us. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand for the word, for the word of God. Okay. All right, the next thing we need to know, Jesus said, whoever believes in me will never thirst. Amen. How I many of you just, you, you would never thirst for the things in this world because you believe in Jesus. You, you see, you got to do more than just believe in him, you know, because the Bible even talks about, he said, you do well if you believe. He said, but the, the devils believe and they tremble. So that's not being in good company. Believe, believe is a word that means, when you look it up in the Greek, it, it, it says commit. It says entrust and trust. So when you say that word commit, that means you commit your life. That means you commit your life to him. You commit your life to Jesus. You're not just a, a, a person, a religious person that just goes to church, hear the word, go home, go to church. No, you hear what to do you hear how to commit yourself more fully to jesus you see what i'm saying because jesus he just let me know you know when in this message he wants us to come up and get closer to him to get closer to him to draw near to him to come to him to get closer to him to commit your life to him now i'm telling you that that's a, that's a problem i say even in the church you know everywhere you go there's a problem with commitment or getting committed people, getting people to do um, things that God wants them to do, and so and then many times when they do it, they think, well, you know, I'm doing this for Brother Jerry and Sister Lane to see us, and you know, no, Jesus is the one who sees you. Jesus is the one who sees us. Amen. We want Jesus to see us obeying Him. That's who we want to see obey uh, that we're obeying Jesus. Is that right, everybody? <laughs> we want to do those things that's pleasing in His sight. We want to commit our lives to him. He is the one. And so in Isaiah 
55 verse 1, the Bible says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. So if we're thirsty for Jesus, he wants us to come to him. Amen? Don't go to the world. Don't go to the world to satisfy your, your, the longings in your soul. Don't go to the world. You know, and so many people, they spend money on, you know, things to, to try to satisfy them, you know, the huge houses, huge cars. There's nothing wrong with having a, a big house or, or, or a nice car. But then when they do all that, then they see they're still not satisfied. So then they start buying this and buying that, buying all this and all that, and they're still not satisfied. You know, I heard ministers say that's a, it's a God hole that God put in your heart. And, and that hunger is, and that thirst is for him. And only he can satisfy it. Only he can fill it up. Amen. He's the only one who can fill it up. And then verse 2 says, why do you spend money for what is not bread? It's not really true food. It's not true spiritual food. And you will keep hungering. It says, and your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. The Bible says delight, delight itself in fatness. Because only Jesus can satisfy the longings in your soul. Only Jesus can fill that up. Only Jesus can complete that in your life. He's the only one. You know, and that's why all of us, many of us, and no, not these young kids, they hadn't been out there and done all these things. Well, we did all these things, you know, to try to satisfy our lives. And then we just gave up. I guess I'll try Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't want us to try him. You know, but, but we, we went through all these things in our lives and then we found out that the only thing that would satisfy us was Jesus. And he's been there all the time. Now, suppose Jesus had been a person that would say, well, you know, you tried all of this, you did all that, and you put me last. And I'm, you know, forget it. Aren't y'all glad Jesus is not like that? You know, whenever we come to him, he would not cast us out. Whenever we come, he's just happy we, we came. He's just happy we came. Amen. Praise the Lord. He will never cast us out. He'll never uh, deny us to come to him. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so he says, delight yourself in abundance, in fatness. I'm telling you, that's the fullness of joy. You know, that scripture, it says, first it says, thou will show me the path, direction for your life. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. That's why you feel so uh, rejuvenated when you get in the presence of God. You feel like you can run through a troop. You can leap over a wall because you've been in the presence of God. Because the spirit of God has come upon you. Amen. And you know that there, that life is in you has, has, has increased and come alive. It's more and more is in his presence. And then, you know, Psalms 63 and 1. Everybody knows these scriptures, you know. But, I mean, you just, you just need to. It's just going to. Listen, all it's going to do when you, get through, when you get ready, you leave here, it's going to make you just want to go home, get in your prayer closet. And get in your worship closet. And just seek after Jesus. Amen. Because you love him so much. How many of y'all love Jesus? You love him so much. Amen. Hallelujah. He is your necessary bread. Your necessary food. Psalm 63 and 1 says, Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. That's what God wants us to do. Listen, he wants us to hunger and thirst after him. He wants to increase our hunger. 
That's what he wants us to do. To, to, to ask the Lord, what do you want to say? He says, I want my people to come closer to me. He says, I want them to follow hard after me. He says, and I'm telling you because the time is, is drawing near for this world to, to come to an end. And so he wants us as close to him as we can get. To draw closer to him. And now I'm going to tell you this sad story. I had uh, a couple of weeks ago, my best friend in Houston sent me this video uh, about this company in Wisconsin where there were 60 volunteers to get uh, an implant in their hands. And, and that implant was about the size of a, of a large um, rice grain. And they even showed a man getting it implanted in him. You know, he held his hand out there and they were implanting and he was squinting, you know, a little bit. And he's like, oh, that's all. And, uh, and so then they asked him, why do you want to, to, to have that implant in your hand? He said, well, it's for convenience. It's, 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 it's high tech stuff where, you know, I can go to the snack machine. I can just scan my hand there and, and the snack come out and I can turn my computer on. I can get on a plane and, you know, they, I don't even have to have my passport and, and all that. How many of you know that is deception? I mean, that is deception. If you know, if you don't, people don't read their Bibles. They don't know it's the mark of the beast. Because it says it's going to put a mark in your hand or on your forehead. But I'm telling you, that's where we are living now. This is in the United States. People are getting chips planted into their bodies. See, I mean, it's just been set up for the Antichrist. So I'm telling you, we got to get as close to Jesus as we can. Yeah. Amen. How many of you want to get close to Jesus? Yeah. We want to get close to him as close as we can. And so he then he says, I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. How many of you want to see the power of God? How many of you want to see the glory of God? The glory of God operating in your life, operating in your families. Amen. Operating in your church, operating in your city. So we want to see his power and we want to see his glory. Why? Because your loving kindness is better than life. I mean, it's better than life. His loving kindness is better than life. And so, Lord, we, we just want to do whatever we can do to please him. To draw closer to him. To get in, be in his face every day. To say, Lord, we need you. We can't operate without you. Lord, we can't do anything without you. Jesus, we agree with you. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And we agree with you, Jesus, that we can do nothing. We can do nothing without you. We can't do anything without you, Lord, because you are our life. And Lord, we are dead. We want to be dead to the things in this world. We want to be dead to the flesh. We want to be dead to the world, the flesh and the devil. The Bible says all that is in the world and none of that is of God. None of that is of God. So how many of you really want to draw closer to God? You want to, you, you, you want your passion to grow and to increase for him. Amen. Praise Lord. Well, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you to stand. And, and we're going to ask you to, 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 to come, come to the altar. And we're going to commit ourselves to the Lord today. And he's going to increase our hunger for him. He's going to increase, increase our thirst for him. We want to increase in our lives. We want to be closer. We want to be stronger. We want to please him. We don't want to please ourselves. We want to please him. Amen. Because he is our life. He is our life. He is our life. Lord, you are my life. 
Oh God, we want you. We want you more than we want anything else, God. Oh Lord, help us not to want to please ourselves over pleasing you. Lord, we want to commit our lives to you, God. Lord, we don't want to be the person that you say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Lord, we want to know you. We want you to know us, God. Lord, we don't want you to say, I don't know you. Lord, we want to please you and to walk, to walk in your light. Walk in your goodness. Walk in you, God. Lord, we thank you right now for increasing, increasing our hunger. Increase our passion. Increase our zeal for you, God. Increase us, Lord. Lord, we want to know you. We want to know you more than we want to know anything else, God. Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for all these wonderful things, Lord, that you have done in our lives. Thank you for delivering us from destruction. Thank you for delivering us, God. Thank you for rescuing us from the enemy, Lord. Thank you for putting the enemy under our feet, God. Lord, we just want to say thank you. You are so wonderful. You are so wonderful to us, God. And Lord, we make this commitment to you today, God. Lord, to increase our commitment to you. To increase, Lord. Lord, increase our love for you, God. Lord, we want to seek you first. And your righteousness, Lord. We're not going to seek these things. Lord, you said all these other things will be added unto us. But Lord, we want you first. Lord, you're the first thing in our lives. We want you first in our lives, Lord. Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you. You're wonderful to us. Lord, we just want to say we love you. We love you so much, God. Lord, we can't even say it in English, God, how much we love you because you loved us first. And so, God, we just want to say thank you. Lord, you're going to see us more often. You're going to see us more often in your presence. You're going to see us more often in your word. You're going to see us more often, Lord, doing the things that you call us to do. Lord, we want to do it to please you because you are wonderful. You are so wonderful. And just like the word says, your loving kindness is better than life. It's better than life. And Lord, we thank you right now. Lord, you see us here before you today. You see us here before you today. And Lord, we just thank you right now, Holy Spirit, for sealing our commitment. For sealing our commitment and helping us, helping us, Lord, to be reminded, Lord, of what we said we would do. We will pay our vows to you, Lord. We're going to pay our vows to you, Lord. We're going to pay our vows to you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. And we give you honor. We give you praise. Now let's shout to the Lord with the voice of triumph. Glory, Lord. Lord now you go and be blessed and fulfill your vows to the Lord amen because is he not worthy he is worthy 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 and you have a blessed day